Hey there, you are listening to In The Moment Podcast. My name's Elena Marie, and I'm a hairstylist bringing you stories from the chair as if you were a fly on the wall inside the salon. We'll be talking to ordinary people and listening to stories that I have found over the years to be absolutely extraordinary. I'm so excited you're joining me. Come have a listen. Hello, hello. Thank you so much for returning to In The Moment Podcast. I'm your host, Elena Marie. I want to tell you about another very special guest today. She also happens to be a family member. We were raised as only children and we were close in age, me being about three years younger. I always looked up to her. Her parents are my godparents, so naturally we adopted each other as god sisters. We spent pretty much every holiday together. We know each other's secrets. We raised our babies together. She's basically like my real sister. I'm honored she wanted to share her story with me. This is her story of being a suburban mother, wife, and career woman. Ashley's son has always been taken care of. He's always made it to school and practices safely and on time. She's been happily married to her husband for almost 20 years, actually this year. She comes from a wonderful family, two doting parents who love her more than anything. She lives just like many of us. Come home from work, take your shoes off, start dinner, pour a glass of wine, eat, maybe pour another, clean the dishes, talk with the hubby, maybe pour one more, sit down, watch your show. Oh wait, maybe you'll just pour maybe another half glass. Well, I'll just go ahead and top it off. Before you know it, after a few weeks, you're drinking not only every day, but a bottle to two bottles of wine every single day. There's no climactic event here that sent her into a downward spiral. No car crash, no getting pulled over and sent to jail, no big blackouts. Her relationships are all intact. Her job is good and secure and she loves it. She gets up, works out every single day. She goes on family vacations. Ashley is a high functioning alcoholic also known as HFA. HFAs make up roughly about 20% of the US's population. I was shocked at that number. HFAs don't really fit in a typical category of getting immediate help. They're functioning fine. They seem to have it all together. Most are even extremely successful. Some may not even think it's much of an issue, but deep down they're definitely struggling inside. Come inside with us, have a seat, hear Ashley's story of how she came into sobriety, and in three days from now, she's gonna be celebrating two years of becoming sober. Congratulations, Ashley, and thank you so much for sharing as you may be helping so many other people just like you. You're an alcoholic. I would say yes. I haven't been diagnosed or anything or I would say yes, I'm an alcoholic. When did you know it was a problem? It was, well, I've been, it's been twice before I actually, you know, decided to stop twice meaning like I, I kind of like a knew, pivotal moment yeah like, like I knew it was you know I was drinking too much with my son as a young young kid you know I was still you know active with him and stuff but I would want to drink you know to calm down for the evening just like everybody else you know have full-time job kid in daycare everything I guess it was probably maybe seven years ago, I just realized I was doing it too much. I don't know. I, I stopped just, I think, because I felt my weight was going up. So that was just kind of a excuse. An um, excuse to stop? I don't know. I mean, I guess it, it's not really been that long. I mean, I've always drank, you know, and I always like to go out and get drunk and um, have a glass of wine with dinner or whatever. But it started to become two drinks, three drinks. But it wasn't until, and like I said, I don't, I mean, I don't have a story where I was in a car accident or, you know, 
some I lo- huge climax. I, lo- I didn't to- lose my job or DWI or anything like that. So to me, you were a functioning alcoholic is what it sounds like. Correct. You were able to do your normal everyday things. Yes. And there was no- it didn't inhibit anything. It didn't stop your job. It didn't stop. No, and actually, you know, I got a lot done. My husband would go work out at four o'clock. I would get home from work, whether I had to go pick up my son or whatever. And then I would have a glass and then another glass. And and you had told me previously that you would make sure that your son was picked up. Yes. Uh, you would never drive drunk. Nope, never. And you would start drinking after you got home with him. Yes. So you were a responsible functioning yeah. alcoholic. I, mean, I would get laundry done. I would get dinner on the table. And therefore, it kind of makes it excusable. Like, okay, well, at least I'm getting these things done. Yeah, it wasn't like I was wasted and put in bed at 5 o'clock. And the picture of an alcoholic is... Oh, it just totally destroys their life, and it, mm-hmm. you can't function, and it's you lose things. And but you weren't having any of that. No, I mean, I would strategically figure out when I had to pick up my son from school, or if he had baseball or whatever. But were you strategizing around alcohol, or yeah, you, like okay. well, like I would make sure all this that was done, and then I'm home, and then I had to you know make sure. I mean, I had it to where I would be, if he had like a practice or something after six o'clock, I'd find like, make sure someone else was taking him or, you know, figure it out when I could drink. I never drove ever. I was actually really against it. So I would. And this was even before Uber days. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So I would get everything done. The thing that started to kind of hit me was, I mean, even like I would go to my parents and drink and I'd make sure like. I'd figure it out that, you know, okay, well, my husband would be there to drive home so I could just drink, drink, drink. Did your husband ever mind? The first time, I just dawned on me, I did go to an AA meeting. And I was like, I need to stop drinking. This was probably maybe 10 years ago. And I went and it was awful because it was at this church and everyone was so... They were like, well, you know, now that you're a part of this, you have to come every single day. And that was the first time I had to say, my name is Ashley and I'm an alcoholic. And... And what was weird, it was the same place that I had gone to Weight Watchers. So it was like in a different room. And it was just this like community church thing. I had been there for Weight Watchers because I was like, God, I'm gaining weight. I work out all the time because I like to work out. But then I was like, the weight's not coming off. And then I was getting mad at Weight Watchers. But it was because of the sugar of alcohol and everything. So when I went to the, the AA meeting, it wasn't the group I should have been in. But they were like, okay, well, you have to come every single night. And I'm like, okay, I have a family. I have to cook dinner at seven o'clock or six o'clock or whatever. I don't have time every night. And they made me feel real bad about it. That's why I really never went back to the Alcoholics Anonymous. It was almost like a cult. Yeah. And and people say that it really, really helped. Like that is the glue that helps people stick to the plan of no alcohol, but that just didn't work for you. It didn't work for me. And so I did look into like younger groups or just women. And then I just kind of lost track and didn't really start. And you were already doing it on your own. uh, Yeah. And I was doing it on my own. I really worked hard and, you know, my husband did help me. And how did he help you? Just supporting me, not making me feel like... Emotionally? Yeah. And I stopped for a while, but then it's like an occasion comes and I think it was a wedding and I hadn't drank in like... Those must be really hard. Six. Well, it was like six months I hadn't drank and I felt good. I'd lost some weight and we went to this wedding and 
I was like, I'm just going to, you know, I remember because I was like, this is my first drink and, you know, and it was so exciting. And how long was that after you stopped? Probably like six months. Okay. So good. That's a good while for someone that's been drinking every day. Well, first, I guess I never asked, would you drink a few glasses? Would you drink a bottle? At that time, it was just, you know, a couple glasses. Like when you got home from work? Every night. Yeah. It didn't get until, I think when you start it, when you start hiding it, it becomes an issue. So when you were hiding it, how many glasses were you up to? The problem with alcohol is you can get it anywhere. If I was addicted mm. to Coke, or something, it it's a little more a little more difficult. Difficult, expensive. You can get alcohol at CVS at the gas station. When it gets to the point where you are paying for gas and going in and paying your gas not at the pump, so I could buy extra, so no one knew. And well, let's go back to the wedding because I stopped you. Okay. I paused you. So the so the wedding, you know. Then I just started drinking normal on social occasions or whatever. Um, week, I mean, I would say not social events. Day, week and weekends. Oh, okay. You know, so I would be like, okay, well, oh, sh- it's Friday night. My husband started saying, and it would make me mad because he'd be like, "You were only drinking on the weekends. Thursday's not a weekend." And I'm mm. like, well, but you know, <laughs> it's almost the weekend, and technically Sunday's more of not a. It's not really the Sunday night should be back to normal. Yeah, prep night. Uh, yeah, but. Then it would be, oh, I was really stressed today. It's a Tuesday. And then it was a Monday, you know. And so then it starts to get out of control. And when you have someone that knows you've had issues, he would say stuff. Well, that would just make me mad. Like, who's to you? You know, why are you even saying this? Now, in the... Why was he saying it? He knew that it would become a problem again, but it was pissing me off. Now I can realize he was looking out for me. He knew it would it would become a problem again. Knowing that, then it becomes you, then you start to hide it. So I would have my wine in the fridge, or I would buy two bottles and I would drink a bottle while he was gone, and then act like when he came home, oh, it's my first drink. Yes, yeah. And I could pretty much hold it. It got to when it was becoming a, even more than that that. I was passing out more than what more than a bottle or two yeah or, okay yeah so you were you really ramped up your tolerance by at yeah. that point okay yeah because I mean, we started by you saying it was just a couple glasses a night so then you're up to two bottles a night about a bottle and a half okay you know then I and would, this is every single night yeah okay then I would you know and I would get up I'd go work out because then it was the weekend so it was okay yeah wheels off just yeah. do whatever you want yeah but I would buy those little bottles and I started hiding them in crates and stuff, empty bottles. Well, in crates, what do you mean? Like, where would you hide the. Like, in the closet underneath my winter clothes or whatever. Okay, yeah. And then I would throw them out, but he found some in my side drawer. He was looking for something and he was like, Why are you hiding these? Oh, that was from a long time ago. I don't do that anymore. You know, that was the. Those were from when I went to AA or whatever, you know, back then. Did you feel guilt in the moment lying yes, to your husband? Yes, like, oh, my God. Yeah. And you don't like getting caught. Yeah. It's embarrassing. It does, yeah. Yeah, and so, um, you know, then I'd be cooking dinner and I'd swig a thing of vodka with mm. the wine. Your choice is wine. It's not liquor, generally. No, so I, I would never, like pour a glass of vodka and soda or something like that except maybe it that's not your drink of choice no it was chardonnay which is gross supposedly everyone that drinks wine thinks chardonnay is the bottom of the tier you know and which that is the very first 
drink with you actually that I got drunk. <laughs> the twenty fifth. Yeah, yeah. anniversary. Yeah, yeah. But that's my parents' choice too of drink. So that's just always there. Always, I always have it available. So okay, that's interesting. That was what you grew up seeing. Mm-hmm. That was what was always not that it's your parents' fault, but we we it was familiar to you. It was something that people drank re- responsibly from what you saw like it's something that people did and it was socially accepted and it was just accepted in our family and that's just what you drink yeah i mean because you hear a lot of families that their parents like have never don't drink huh I mean, you know like i can't imagine that i you know remember to this day my mom having my dad's martini ready when he came home from work you know and that was just normal yeah and i remember my dad making a screwdriver every night or every other night i mean he wasn't a big drinker but or he'd pack a six pack when i was little to go on a road trip Mm -hmm. but it was so normal with us growing up yeah and you could pretty much drink and drive i mean it wasn't yeah it was very normal for us to grow up around lots of alcohol and it was fun it was but we grew up around parents that our lives were not chaotic as kids and our lives we didn't have a parent always going to jail or or it wasn't any domestic disputes you know our parents were all pretty responsible well drinkers that was normal and for those listening that is back in the 80s 80s 90s yeah We all drank a lot in college and we all, you know, we all can get crazy on the weekends, but when it becomes a daily thing, that's when you just got to start watching it. When I'm taking swigs of vodka while cooking dinner for my family, that's not normal. But Did you know in the moment, uh, I I shouldn't be doing this? Yeah, guilt, you know, like, oh my God, what am I doing? You know, and um, I would go to bed guilty every night, like, okay, tomorrow... I'm going to wake up and I'm not going to drink. I don't even know what the turning point was. And that's what sucks is I, I, you know, it's not like I was in an accident or something. So I researched a rehab, but I didn't want to go to rehab. One, I was worried about the money because I was like, it's going to be really expensive. And and I didn't want to lose my job or anything. So before we go into that part, Mm -hmm. on the second time, what prompted you to stop? That's, it's just, I don't know. It's almost like, okay, one, again, my weight went way up, working out all the time, but then destroying it. You know, um, I felt bad about myself and the, the guilt and the, you know, it was just constant. My son was getting older and I didn't want him to start recognizing it. He did, which I find out later. He knew. And how old was he? So, I mean, 14, 15, something like that. But then they're active and they're doing their own thing. And yeah. And I tried not to hide it because I didn't like put it in a different cup or something. You know, I didn't want. So I felt like there I wasn't hiding it. It's just the amount that no one really knew. I looked up all the, you know, so I found this rehab close. I sat down with them as like an interview. And I did this all like secretly. Drove up there, sat down with them. I made an appointment, drove up there close to the house. Was this an actual hospital? No, it was a rehab center. Like a facility. Yeah, a facility. Check-in patient or outpatient or both? It was outpatient. Okay. I went in for like an interview and sat down and and basically they're just trying to ask me questions to see what kind of how bad I am. You know, of course I start crying and, you know, telling them all this and the girl was like, you are definitely an alcoholic and you could do inpatient uh, or outpatient. Um, so in a sense, was that kind of a relief to hear like, okay, I do this. Yeah, is like I wasn't just making it up in my head. Right. And I said, 
So basically what you would do would, because I'm like, I have a son, I, he's in activities, and I, I'm not going to go off into rehab for, you know, a month or 28 days or whatever. She's like, no, you would work, and then you'd come at, you know, 5 o'clock, and you'd stay till 8, and, you know, they take urine tests every day. And, and this is an everyday program. Every day, yeah. So I would go every day. What's the difference between AA wanted you to do that, and you were like, no, I'm cooking dinner? Yeah, I think it was more... I knew I needed to do something. Something drastic. Yeah. Granted, it would be easier to go into a 28-day program and go to a spa. I don't know. I just, I, I knew I needed to stay You needed at to home. commit to something and, and be at stay, home. Yeah, and be at home. It was going to be, I don't know, she gave me all the insurance stuff, and but she was like, but you have to first go home and talk to your husband about it, you know, and so I got home. And, and he didn't even know that you were going. No. Okay. Mm-mm. So I came home and I gave him the packet and he was like what the hell is this you know and anyway we decided to save the money because it was going to be about six or seven hundred dollars which all in all like the whole thing the whole program was six or seven hundred dollars i think so wow so insurance covered some of it i mean because i even looked at rehabs 28 days it was in the thousands and it depended on where you were going i mean yeah it would have been nice to go to a nice resort but who knows if those work if you come out, you still have to come out and come back to life. And I think yeah. that's why I wanted the outpatient was because I wanted to still have How does life. this fit into your life yeah. instead of you having to integrate back into society, which there's a lot of people that relapse yeah. all the time because of that exact situation. Same with like jail. Which or, is why there's a halfway house, you know, where you yes. can kind of integrate back into society. But, but I, I, I knew I had to raise a kid and so basically came home and told him and we decided I was going to try to do it he's like you've done it before you know so were you mad that he was kind of yeah because you came home with this kind of not exciting but this thing that you went out and got yourself and then and it was kind of like he kind of shot it down a little bit I think it was more like you've tried this before I mean I didn't try a whole rehab but but he saw you get help by yourself yeah and he saw you stop the situation I could stop yeah so it was almost like, is this a cop-out? Is this necessary? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The girl that I met with at the rehab center said, you drink a lot. Your detox could be very serious. And so she's like, if you don't join our program you, and you do this at home, she said, people don't realize that coming off of alcohol is very bad on the system. Mm-hmm. and it, It's the only one that can kill you. And it could, Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so she was like, you have got, you know, if you start feeling weird, you need to go to the hospital. Warning me. What would some of those signs be? I mean, she said that it, my heart would start racing. I might start throwing up, you know, sweats and... Typical withdrawal symptoms. So, yeah. And, and I really didn't, which is surprising, except in a bad mood, irritable. headache, irritable, that kind of stuff. It took about a week until I could feel normal again. But I still went to work every day. And that's when I had to tell my coworker, I've been going through this. I didn't want a lot of people to know at that time because it had only been like seven days or whatever. But I needed to tell someone that I knew. Some sort of support. Yeah. That and that especially people that you see every single day. Sure. It wasn't until about maybe three weeks. I told my, my mom. How did she take that? I had bought her tickets to a play. And we went to lunch first. It was on my mind. It was on my mind, you know, and I wanted to tell her. And so we had lunch and I said, I need to tell you something. And, she, you know, any time someone says I need to tell you something, it's like, oh, what, what is it? You know, and I told her, you know, I, I was going to go to a rehab, but I didn't. And 
she was so proud of me and you know and I don't expect people not to drink around me and that was my whole goal I'm like I don't want people to worry every time you know oh god I have a glass of wine um and so I think that's actually helped me I am around it a lot. So it's helped you to see other people drinking around you instead of hiding it from you. Yeah. It became like my first, you know, telling my mom and then going to a friend's party and everyone's like thinking I'm drinking vodka, but it's water. I had to tell people that are used to me being drunk. And it's weird that people, you think they're going to be like, oh, you're an alcoholic, you know, but it almost is like people feel, oh, Maybe I'm drinking too. They're just like shocked, you know, that I can do that. And it's it's hard every day. Again, I don't have needles in my arms or something. It's something that everyone does. I just can't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't have a glass of wine, you know. And, and, you know, my dad will be like, you know, do you want to, you know, it's a celebration. You can have a glass of wine. I'm like, no, I can't. You know, I just, I cannot. I know it'll go from one to two to three. Um, again, back to does all rational thinking just fly out the window and you're just like, no, I can have two now. Yeah. No, I can have three. I can have four. And I like that feeling, buzzed feeling. My son had his first beer. He got buzzed off of it. And I'm like, here's the thing. That's the best feeling. But then you keep drinking past that because you're like, oh, maybe to keep it's it going to be better. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, and then you're wasted and you're hungover, you know, or um, you're doing something stupid. I never have liked a margarita. If my husband gets a margarita, it's like, I can just, I just, I want one so bad, but I know that I can't just have that margarita because then I'd be like, let's stop and get a, a bottle of wine. How do you handle that? And what do you tell yourself? And it sucks. It's, <laughs> it's hard. Do you um, do something else? Like, do you go get, I don't know, a glass of water? Like what, just to have the oral fixation yeah, or, you know, and that's how people are like, well, you know, you just drink club soda and you can feel like you're drinking it's really not though yeah except there's no buzz I know yeah it's like okay I might as well drink a diet coke I mean it's just I don't need to pretend I think the hardest time was going out with close friends and I just stopped drinking maybe two months if that we went to dinner and that was fine you know just a nice dinner so you know me having diet coke or water was no big deal well then we walked over to a bar that's when I realized I really, and luckily my husband, I can say. You really what? Like I, I really, it was hard to be around a bar, a bar scene at that point. My husband likes to hang out and go to places. And Do you? No. <laughs> <laughs> so that's interesting. You don't generally like to go hang out and go to a bar but you do when you're drinking yeah if I'm drinking yeah. so do you feel like you have social anxiety or what, what yeah, is it maybe I mean it's um I get really nervous and what do you uh, get nervous about I see I don't I don't know I just I I would rather be at home I guess which is bad and that's why for the but first have you always been because I don't remember you being like that all the time but maybe you were and I just didn't I mean I was younger but you're a social person relatively yeah and I think the alcohol did help well it relaxes exactly I I'm glad that my husband you know in the past when we'd be out drinking and I'd be I want to go home he'd be like no let's stay you know well it got to the point where I'd be like I want to go home and he'd be like we're leaving you know because he could tell you know and that was when we went to that bar with our friends I knew I was just starting to like have a panic attack because I was just like 
I'm not ready for a bar scene, you know. Does he get mad? No. Okay. And which is... He's super supportive. That was supportive, yes. It's gotten easier. Trips, you know, it's just everything's a first, you know. Going on your first trip where you would you normally be wasted the whole time because it's a trip and, and that's when you celebrate. Yeah. But when it's every day, you can't. It's just, um, it you can't make an excuse. And I've even thought about, well, if I'm out of the state... <laughs> Does it count? I realized I do a lot more on vacation when I'm not hungover, more activities. And so... You feel better. You feel better. And my son, he was probably like 16. How old is he now? 17. I said, you know, FYI, I haven't drank in, I don't know how many, it was, you know, 30 days or 40 days. He's like, yeah, I know. He's like, I I know you're drinking a lot. You know, I knew... They're so much more aware than we think they are. I know. And I'm like, okay, now I feel bad. And what made me really excited, proud, was he was like, I am proud of you. I don't want you to drink. Um, not that he's all anti-drinking, obviously. He's seen what it's done. I mean, you know. How, how do you think he, how do you think it affected him? Because if you were a responsible mom, what bad did he see? He was proud that I took initiative to know that I had a problem. So at some point he, you told him you had a problem. Yeah. And I had said I'd stop drinking because I was doing it too much. He doesn't know all about I hide it and all that. But um, well, he will now. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and he, you know, and I'm not embarrassed of it. That's the thing is I don't mind telling people. I just I'm still not past that just relaxation. I do go to things. Now, that's why my husband was worried that. Because the first like month or so of not drinking, I didn't want to go anywhere. I didn't want to go to a restaurant. I didn't want to go um, to a party. I didn't want to go to a friend's house. I guess I'm always going to be recovering. But you were almost, in a sense, detoxing those first yeah, early like, days. And, and a month is pretty early. Your just, brain, your body, everything was just detoxing. Yeah, and I, you know, I just didn't want to do anything, you know, and and it's. Still, you know, when I'm ready to go to a party, it's nerve-wracking, especially if you, you do, if if it's strangers. Now, quarantine has been a different. But yeah, gosh, how have you handled that? Quarantine has been a Yeah, <laughs> I was trying to like count how many bottles of wine I would have gone through <laughs> during quarantine <laughs> when you can start drinking at two. You know. So what have you done to pass the time? And um, you know, I've even thought. Ooh, I wonder what a cigarette. I mean, like, <laughs> I, I you let know, let me rack up the vices. I, I mean, let me just see what else I could do. You know, so I, it's just, but I haven't. But um, you know, so I will be. I'm at like 700. I mean, I have to count my days. How many days are you at right now? I don't have my phone. I think it's 721 or something. The two years is June 18th. So when I hit the one year, it was around my mom's party and. That was stressful, um, having to host a party and all these people are coming into town. And I think a lot of people drink socially because of anxiety. With me, I think it just got out of control. I, I like the relaxation. It's not like I'm a high-end lawyer or a, I have an easy job. I, I don't, and that's why it's very confusing for me because I can't say this is what, you know. So people might be curious really fast what... You do. What is your job? 
I am an event planner. I run uh, a gym for corporate. It's a nine to five job, basically. I don't have to... You talk with a lot of people, though. Yeah. So does that bring you social anxiety? Um, No, my work is not stressful. I enjoy talking to people. I think it's just parties and events. I mean, you're around quite a bunch of people during the day just because I've seen you at mm-hmm. work before. You have a job to do. Like, you you have a task. You you have something going on when you're talking to those people. So it, there's no awkwardness there. But when you're in a social setting, I imagine for many people, even myself, there's no job to do. So when you have a drink in your hand, that's your task. Like, and that's you, like, it, it makes you... That's your task. Loosens you up. It loosens you up. You can... You're not thinking about everything you say. And, and what, there's no objective in a party. It's a yeah. to talk and hang out. And that's there's a lot of pressure. And I think it. I noticed it at a friend's house. I was like, huh, I just thought everyone was wasted. Because I was getting nervous, like everyone was going to be drunk and partying and everything. And, and I'm like, okay, these moms have little kids that they're taking care of too. And they don't get drunk. But I think as I got older, it was getting harder to cover it up. And um, I I really couldn't do it anymore. The high-functioning alcoholic is a true thing. I mean, I read books on it bef- years ago. And um, I mean, that was me. It's I could get a lot done drunk. <laughs> and and I, it wasn't like I was passing out in my food. You know, it wasn't anything like that. I mean, my mom's dad was an alcoholic and he would pass out in his food at dinner. That's what you think of as a drunk. Not someone that has all the laundry done and the food done and the, but I, I don't know. I, I'm glad it's been almost two years. I did um, see on Facebook a friend's wife. She posted she was three years sober or something. I had no idea. And I don't know what her thing was, alcohol, pills, whatever. I said, you know, I just wanted you to know I've been going through this, you know, and she was like, oh my God, I thought you had it all together. I always thought that, you know, she said that her husband has not been supportive. He's embarrassed of it. And so she's like, that's why y'all have not known because I've been very shy about it. And I was like, no, I'm very lucky that my husband's, he's open about it. We talk about it. I think when you get over the embarrassment, and you just make it a fact, then you don't have so many people asking, why aren't you drinking? Or, I mean, I don't go to many events now that people are like, here's your glass of wine. (laughs) I all know. Yeah. So when someone does ask you in the beginning, why are you not drinking? Do you want to drink? And at first it was just kind of like, oh, I'm just, I'm just not. Now I'm like, no, I haven't drank in 700 and, you know, which is some people might go, okay, stop counting. But I have to count because I I have an app that is called Sober or something. And the first time I stopped drinking, I downloaded the app. And then I would have a drink. So then I would just subtract a day and go backwards, <laughs> you know? And then then the math was starting to get way too confusing because it was like, okay. Especially if you're drunk. Yeah. It's like, okay, well, I drank. And then, okay, so I'm going to knock that back down two days. But then I drank and then knock it down. So I deleted the app because I was like, this is just getting ridiculous. And so... But well, this, and the whole app is about sobriety. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it, I could have gotten a, a counter if that was what I was doing. So I basically, you know, I use that app. And so when I think, maybe I should have just a glass of wine with this celebration, you know, um, like my mom's party or something, like have a glass of champagne or something. But I'm like, no, I don't want to 
mess up my mess app. Mess up my app, <laughs> which is sad. No, it's a, it's an accountability. It holds you accountable. But I like looking at, you know, because I've sent you the dates, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. um, a friend of mine, you know, when I hit 500, I had just mentioned, I'm, I'm about to hit 500 days. Well, she brought me a card. She gave me this bracelet, you know, and she's not like a best friend. She's just someone I know that I talk to a lot. So I look at this bracelet all the time, you know, because I think... Another accountability. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I do have a lot of people that ask, you know, you think you'll socially drink again? You know, and then my husband's one too. He's He asks me, do you, do you ever think you're going to drink again? Maybe, but now is not the time. Mm-hmm. You know, I crave it too much. With you saying, you know you can't have one drink, it does surprise me for you to even ask yourself that question. And I guess I'm thinking maybe... 10 years from now or something it's I think it's a gene I think when you have alcoholism on both sides of the family I think it has something I mean I'm not a doctor but then I've had some people go oh you're still doing that so it's not like I'm on keto or I mean you know it's right you know it's not a fad I'm not (laughs) I get that a lot (laughs) oh that's still happening well maybe okay so any of these people that have said that is it because they they drink themselves and they might yeah, have a or problem. They, or they don't really know, maybe they don't know me that well. A lot of people think I did it for health. You know, oh, you're all into fitness and all this stuff, but that's not why. They don't know the backstory. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they don't need to. But again, I'm not embarrassed. I might after this. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's I think it's great. I think your uh, accomplishments, I mean, a lot of people can't do that and but it's possible. A lot of people could if they wanted to. It's getting past that well, and I think shame and guilt and, and having a support system. And you have that. You have a good support system. I wish I knew exactly like when it started going out of control. But it just becomes, here's one, here's two, three, four, you know. Um, well, I think you said earlier you recognized it when you start hiding it then you're like oh hmm, anything you start to hide whether it's food mm-hmm. or you know you got your if there's a stash of you know the like a candy bowl that you have stashed or something i've been watching 600 pound life so <laughs> <laughs> i've been watching that so but yeah if, when you start hiding stuff from people then there's an issue if you were to tell someone that might be with the idea that hmm, maybe this is an issue or oh gosh I, I did hide that the other day or I, I have just started hiding the little bottles or whatever what would you tell them right now if they're struggling I think that when you start talking about it to someone find someone you trust um, exactly like the more people I told the easier it was why is that? I don't know. Like, you know, when I first told my coworker, it only been like seven days. And then it was kind of... Is it an accountability or is it just um, being honest and not hiding? I think the honesty, um, getting it off my chest because you're just hiding it all the time. And um, I, when I started telling people and telling them the whole story, like I told girlfriends, I told, you know, it's, it was almost a weight off your back. So you just have to start kind of finding, and and I'm not saying don't go to rehab. I mean, but to find someone that you can talk to, the I swear the more people I tell, the more comfortable, and the more um, I guess proud of myself I am. Uh, well, you're standing in authenticity and truth. And yeah, and hiding it is very stressful. Yeah, 
hiding any secret is stressful. Absolutely. Um, and I do find what's very hard is when I do get upset, I want to go to the alcohol. Finding out my dad's sick. Not only is it the social thing, it was if I would get upset, I'd want to drink. You know, when you hear bad news or, you know, anything like that, I our dog dies. You know, it's, you just, it's the first thing I think of is alcohol. Still. And, still. And that's why I know I can't drink. So what do you do if your dog dies? Just sit with the pain? Do you go running? Do you, is there anything? Running, you- reading. I mean, I love television. So television is... Um, my go-to to block your mind of the sadness and you've I've had to realize you know I can't just go to the alcohol which is hard and I, I know that with one relative who's gone through rehab for drugs was when I finally told him he kind of was pushing the whole well your husband shouldn't be drinking and this shouldn't be happening and you should there shouldn't be alcohol here and but I don't want to live like that alcohol is going to be there And you have to learn to live with it. And my husband doesn't have a problem. Back to your advice on someone that might be struggling today and wondering what they should do. And they don't have the money to go to rehab. They don't want to uh, maybe even admit that they would need to go to rehab, but they do find themselves struggling and maybe hiding. Your advice is start talking to someone. Mm -hmm. That's the first step. Someone that you trust, someone that's not going to judge you. Someone that will help you uh, talk through it. And and be able to still live your, you know, like not say, okay, well, then you don't need to be ever going to a restaurant, bar, social event. You know, you need to cut it all out. It just, even just talking about it openly is going to help. My story is not, there's not some random thing that happened that I had to stop. I was forced yeah, to stop. Yeah, there was no, no huge explosion. no. no. Thank God, you know, so many people lose their job or become in or in jail or kill someone, you know, nothing like that has happened to me. Which some people might be like, well, that's not a problem. You know, to them at home when they're thinking, well, the exact same thing. I haven't had some huge implosion, explosion, whatever. They're like, well, it's not a problem yet. Yeah, exactly. Because I can handle it. It's not, there's not that, um rock bottom i never hit a rock bottom right which is very lucky because you can't you can't keep going well ashley thank you uh thank you for sharing your story hey everyone thanks so much for listening today to in the moment podcast don't forget to hit the subscribe button below to follow me and listen to more extraordinary talks until next time this is elena marie with in the moment